Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and we're grateful that you're watching another one of our uh, shows. And of course, the purpose of our show is to challenge Mormon polygamists to dare to doubt and to dare to check out any of your doubts. Doubts that might make you wonder if polygamy is true, if Joseph Smith's religion is true. Doubts that cause you to wonder why in the world would God ever use polygamy as essential for eternal life? Also, we would like anyone who is watching or if you know anyone uh, that needs help getting out of a polygamous situation to give us a call. We can and we do help those who want to leave. We'll help you escape. We'll provide a safe place for you to go and everything that we do is held in strict confidentiality. We have a toll-free number you can call if you have questions about this or if you want to get out and the number is 877 877- Four two five nine 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 three. If you want to make comments about any of our shows, of course you can email us, and the address to email is email at whatloveisthis.tv. Or if you'd like to call us, you can call us um, about the show or have questions about it. You can call three eight five two four zero two eight eight eight. The toll-free number is for those who have questions or want to get out of polygamy, and the three eight five number is for those who want to make comments or ask questions about our shows. So tonight, I would like to introduce again our co-host, our returning co-host, <laughs> Earl Erskine, former Mormon bishop, Earl Erskine. Yes, thank you for having me again tonight. Appreciate it. And thanks for sharing and helping out with uh, what we have to share with our viewers tonight. We've been doing a series where we present one by one the wives of Joseph Smith. He had 34 wives, including Emma. Now, on this show, we want to present wives number seven and nine. Wife number seven was Sylvia Sessions and was the daughter of wife number nine, who was Patty Bartlett Sessions. Patty Bartlett Sessions and her daughter Sylvia were probably the only mother-daughter pair who were plural wives of Joseph Smith. Patty Sessions married Joseph Smith when she was 47 years old, and he was 37, and she was probably the first older wife that he married. Both the mother, uh, Patty, and daughter Sylvia's marriage to Smith was also polyandrous, which means that each woman was also married to another husband. So these women had plural husbands, just like Joseph Smith had plural wives. Now, Sylvia's marriage was one of special significance because she definitely identified one of her children as being Joseph Smith's child. Patty Sessions, who was the mother, her life is um, superbly documented because she kept diaries and journals in which she documented uh, the plural marriage as well as the emotional turmoil that plural wives experienced in polygamy and shows that plural marriage caused explosive tensions between sister wives. Patty was born February of 1795 in the state of Maine, and when she was 17 years old, she married 22-year-old David Sessions. They lived with David's parents, 
And it was there that Patty began to practice midwifery under the tutelage of her mother-in-law. Patty and David's first child was named Peregrine, and two years later they had a second son, and then their first daughter was born named Sylvia Porter. She would become one of Joseph Smith's future plural wives along with her own mother. It was many years later, in August of 1833, that Mormonism was introduced into the Bartlett family. Now, Patty immediately believed and became a Mormon. In 1834, her oldest son, Peregrine, got married, and a year later, Brigham Young and Lyman Johnson visited them and held a conference at their family farm. The family soon decided that they would move to Missouri, and so they packed their belongings, sold their possessions, to prepare for the trip. Patty was 42 years old and four months pregnant. Sylvia was 17 years old. Well, they traveled to Kirtland, and it was there that Patty and Sylvia first met their future plural husband, Joseph Smith. And then later, of course, they continued on with their trip and reached eastern Missouri. Now, we have several quotes from uh, information that we have from, and we take them from the book uh, that Todd Compton wrote entitled In Sacred Loneliness, which is a great book to learn about yeah, Joseph Smith's it, it 34 Wives. Yeah. And it's about two inches thick, yeah, but it's, it's got a, a lot of information. And so our first quote is quoted from page 177 of In Sacred Loneliness. Yes, Todd says, They arrived at Far West in November only to find many saints living in tents, having been driven from their homes. The Sessions quickly bought a large farm and began raising corn, potatoes, and wheat. Patty's Missouri journals indicate that she quickly became friendly with Joseph Smith. And about her daughter Sylvia's marriage to her first and legal husband, Patty wrote this in her journal. Sylvia was married to Windsor P. Lyon. Joseph Smith performed the ceremony. The next day, the prophet was there, and a good time it was. Okay, so we've, we've, we see that there's the, the interaction is beginning. Mother uh, Patty continued to work in her midwife delivering babies uh, while they were in Missouri. And a couple of years later, the Session family decided they'd leave Missouri and go to Illinois. So after arriving in Illinois, they moved into their own home, and soon after, Peregrine left for a mission to the east. Now, Peregrine is Patty's... First son. First son, right. Okay. On February 8th of 1842, the daughter, Sylvia, was 23 years old, and she was sealed in a polygamous marriage to Joseph Smith. Okay, this was the first marriage. The daughter marries Joseph Smith first, and this is a quote from page 179. She was sealed to Joseph Smith. Virtually nothing is known about the internal dynamics of this polyandrous marriage, except that she later claimed that her daughter Josephine was a product of it. Nothing is known of Windsor's, her legal husband's, reaction to the marriage. He might have known about it and permitted it. It is certain that at the time of Smith's marriage to Sylvia, Windsor was a faithful Latter-day Saint who would have accepted Smith as a prophet. And now it's unknown if Mother Patty knew about her daughter's plural marriage to Joseph Smith, but it was only a month later that Patty herself was married to him. So if she didn't know before, she certainly found out about it soon afterwards. We quote from one 
page 79 of In Sacred Loneliness. Yeah, Sylvia definitely knew. I was sealed to Joseph Smith by Willard Richards, March 9, 1842, in Newell K. Whitney's chamber in Nauvoo. For time and all eternity, Sylvia, my daughter, was present when, she was, when I was sealed to Joseph Smith. So now mother and daughter are both plural wives of yeah. Joseph Smith. Patty was 47 years old when she married him. And like we said, she was the first older woman that he took as a plural wife and the first mother and daughter pair that Joseph Smith took as plural wives. Now we need to remind our viewers of what God has to say about a man marrying both a mother and her daughter. Yeah, in Leviticus 18:17 we read, "Do not have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. That is wickedness." Now he calls it wickedness. Yes. And we've talked about this before on the show, but what God has to say is extremely important whether many of our viewers believe that or not. It is and it's the same Bible that Joseph Smith used to justify his polygamy uh, that prohibits his behavior in his practice of polygamy. Now we also quote from page 179 of In Sacred Loneliness how important Patty became as a member of Joseph Smith's family, his many faceted plural yes. family. Yeah, she was important. Patty became an important member of Smith's extended family. Many of Smith's plural wives participated in his subsequent marriages by educating prospective wives, by serving as messengers and go-betweens, and by acting as witnesses at ceremonies. Patty, with another older woman, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Davis Durfee, was actively engaged in this work in Nauvoo. That's kind of creepy, isn't yeah. it, that they would go out and get these young girls for Joseph Smith to well, marry? Well, I'm sure Joseph was, very, was busy running the church and oh, stuff. So. <laughs> busy with lots of things. Yeah. Patty's husband, David, was sent on a mission uh, to Maine in June, and Patty soon became lonely after her husband was sent away. However, it appears that she soon got over her loneliness. We paid, read from page 180. She also associated with her plural husband. She speaks of visits from Brother Joseph. She visited Joseph's mother, Lucy Mack Smith, and received frequent visits from her. On August 12th, she wrote that she was making shirts for Brother Joseph. So she's getting right into the swing of <laughs> yeah. things in this plural life in, uh, in early Mormonism. Now, Patty and Joseph Smith obviously enjoyed a close relationship, especially in her husband's, her other husband's absence. In addition to social activities, some of Joseph Smith's wives helped him gain additional plural wives, as we talked before, and we, we read from page 179. Sometimes Joseph Smith would ask his wives to shelter other wives, and in the fall or winter of 1843, when the Partridge sisters were forced to leave the Smith home, Emily Partridge came to live with Sylvia and Windsor for some months. And of course, Emily Partridge, and we will be talking about that uh, marriage later on as we go through Joseph Smith's wives, but she became a wife and was a plural wife of Joseph Smith. Now, it's sad to read these stories knowing that Joseph Smith was using his secret plural wives to recruit more secret plural wives for himself. One day, Joseph Smith made an interesting visit to Sylvia, Patty's daughter, and we quote from page 183. Yes, one of Smith's visits to Sylvia is documented by William Clayton on September 18. 
Joseph and I rode out to borrow money, drank wine at Sister Lyons. Okay, now this is interesting, <laughs> yes, isn't it? it Sounds is. like they were having a pretty good time. There's no indication why the money was borrowed, it doesn't say, but this, among other historical accounts, show that Joseph Smith was not faithful in abiding <laughs> by his own word of wisdom. Sylvia had given birth to three children, but all three of them had died. In fact, Sylvia was eight months pregnant with her fourth child when her third child died. This fourth child was named Josephine, and later Sylvia identified her as the daughter of Joseph Smith. Josephine later made an affidavit regarding her mother's claim that she was the daughter of Joseph Smith, and we read that from page 183. Just prior to my mother's death in 1882, she called me to her bedside and told me that her days on earth were about numbered and before she, could, before she passed away from mortality, she desired to tell me something which she had kept as an entire secret from me and from all others, but which she now desired to communicate to me. She then told me that I was the daughter of the prophet Joseph Smith she having been sealed to the prophet at the time that her husband, Mr. Lyon, was out of fellowship with the church. This, of course, is more evidence that Joseph Smith did have sexual relations with his wives, including yes. the wives that had other legal husbands. On June 27, 1844, Joseph Smith was killed when a mob stormed the jail and shot him. Now, this event left Patty Bartlett Sessions Smith and her daughter, Sylvia Porter Sessions Lyon Smith, both widows from the same plural husband. Many of Joseph Smith's widows were taken for plural wives by Brigham Young or by Heber C. Kimball as they swooped in to claim as many of these widows as they could for themselves. After Joseph Smith's death, Sylvia remained with her first husband, Windsor Lyon. However, she also became a plural wife of, of Heber C. Kimball and remained married to her husband, Windsor, and continued to live with him as his wife. In the fall of 1845, the Mormons were facing more opposition and had decided they would pack up and leave Illinois. But before they left, they wanted to finish the temple to perform their sacred ordinances there. We read from page 185. Many polygamous marriages were solemnized in this atmosphere, and among them was a union of great importance to Patty. David Sessions married Rosilla Cowens, with Brigham Young officiating. Patty would now be living practical polygamy and would find the experience demoralizing and painful. Earlier she had required David, whether he knew it or not, to share her with another man. Now she would have to share him with another woman. Mm. So the bite starts. <laughs> the polyandrous relationships that Sylvia maintained became more and more complex. We read from In Sacred Loneliness, page 186, that Sylvia was sealed to Joseph Smith for eternity in the Nauvoo Temple with Heber C. Kimball standing proxy. Then she was sealed to Heber C. Kimball for time with her husband Windsor consenting to the ceremony. Very convoluted. Very strange. <laughs> Sylvia's husband, Windsor, married a plural wife named Suzanne Eliza Gee, and she had a child by him. So he was now sealed to another woman for eternity, and Sylvia was sealed to Joseph Smith for eternity and to Heber C. Kimball for time. Yet Sylvia and Windsor continued to live together as husband and wife. We quote from In Sacred Loneliness, page 186. 
A Civil Marriage with Sexuality and Children, A Time and Eternity Marriage to Smith, which had included sexuality and children, and a proxy marriage to Smith that included a ceiling for time to Kimball, all had Sylvia as a focal point. How would you keep track of all these things? It's very interesting. To say that their marriages was complex is actually an understatement. These are very odd and promiscuous marriage behaviors by any moral standard, especially in the 1800s. But strangely enough, these are documented Mormon polygamous marriages in Nauvoo before they ever came west. When the migration west began, Patty and, Patty and David Sessions packed up and moved with one of the wagon trains to go to Utah, but to complicate things, her husband David had taken the plural wife. <laughs> her name was Rosilla, which we already heard about, so now Patty knew what it was like to share her husband with another woman. And there was awful friction between Rosilla and Patty, and it caused a great deal of depression for Patty. We quote from page 188 of In Sacred Loneliness to illustrate some of the experiences that Patty had to deal with her husband and his plural wife. David tried to talk with his younger wife, as he had many times before, but to no effect. On October 3rd, David abused both women verbally, which hurt Patty, especially because she felt she was criticized because of Rosilla's lies. As a result of sharing her husband with another woman, Patty had lost her basic sense of marital security. This isn't God's will for marriage no. in any sense of the term. The polygamous marriage of David and Patty and Rosilla remained difficult at best, but eventually Priscilla or Rosilla left and another crisis in Patty's life was over. But like her daughter Sylvia's complex marriages, Patty experienced the same trauma of sharing her husband in a plural relationship just as she had forced David to share her with her other husband, Joseph Smith. Now, is there any viewer who can possibly believe that these events and these lifestyles and marriage compromises actually could have been commanded by God? God who said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Yet they are all taught by their Mormon leaders that this is what God commanded. What a damnable heresy. Patty's daughter, Sylvia, and her husband had decided not to go west with her mother, but that they would make the trip at a later date. Their decision was very depressing for Patty because she wanted to have her family with her. However, in the spring of 1848, before they could go west, Sylvia's husband, Windsor, got sick. He had contracted tuberculosis and he died in mid-January the following year. Sylvia's daughter, Josephine, was four years old when her father died and Windsor's plural wife, Suzanne, was now a widow and moved to Utah and got remarried. We need to remember that Sylvia had become a plural wife of Heber C. Kimball, who had gone to Utah with the other Mormons. Now, so Sylvia's alone here, kind of a widow, but still has a husband somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Sylvia's somewhere brother, Peregrine, had also left with the Mormons, but he came back to get Sylvia, who had decided then to come to Utah. She wanted him to help her make the trip. Well, strangely enough, when Peregrine arrived, he found that Sylvia had become engaged to marry another man who was a non-Mormon. He was Ezekiel Clark, a widower with three children. From page 193 of In Sacred Loneliness, we quote Peregrine's reaction. Uh, Windsor's reaction, was it? Uh, it Peregrine's reaction. This was a hard, 
This was as hard a trial as I ever met with, to think that I had traveled 1,300 miles after her, and then I was disappointed. He also would not have been happy that Sylvia was marrying a non-Mormon. Nevertheless, he probably gave away the bride. Sylvia was 31, Ezekiel 33. He was her fourth husband, even though her third husband was still living <laughs> back in Utah. I guess, Very strange. Huh? Yeah. Meanwhile, in Utah, Patty Sessions continued as a midwife delivering babies and assisting highly problematic births. Times were hard in those pioneer days, and often both mother and daughter would die, or mother and child would die. Sadly, Patty had to once again face another plural marriage when her husband, David, took another wife. She was 19 years old, 19-year-old Harriet Teeple's Wixom. David was almost 60 years old, more than three times oh older than his new plural wife. Patty's diaries record how alone and lonely she had become. But barely six months after this plural marriage, David Sessions suffered a stroke, and less than two weeks later, he died, leaving two widows. But in a few months, Patty remarried a man by the name of John Perry. So there's lots of marriages going on, isn't there? Meanwhile, back in Iowa with daughter Sylvia and her new husband Ezekiel, he became intolerant of her religion and resentful that she had been eternally sealed to Joseph Smith. And so their marriage suffered. With her husband's full consent, even his assistance, Sylvia's brother Peregrine put together what she needed and accompanied his sister West. When they arrived, she met up again with Heber C. Kimball, whom she had been sealed to, and he accepted her back into his polygamous family as his polygamous wife. She bought a farm and settled in Bountiful. Sylvia Sessions died on April 13, 1882, from an illness. She was only 63 years old. Her mother, Patty, lived until 1892, when she died at the age of 97 years plus 10 months, wow, almost, almost 98. 98. That's pretty old for an old pioneer woman who went through what she did. These women suffered hard as early Mormon pioneer females, but the worst of it was the sharing of their spouses that was forced upon them and their husbands. Both mother and daughter was in a polygamous marriage to Joseph Smith at the same time, then later shared plural wives with their other husbands. What a legacy that Joseph Smith has passed down into all of Mormonism. True Mormon history is not something to be proud of. I ask you, Earl, <laughs> yeah. is it, from, from the polygamist experience and from Mormons I've talked to, LDS people that i talked to, they're so proud of their Mormon history. Oh, it's very, yes, when you, when you talk about someone, in fact, I was just going to say, I had a, a John Streeter Gleason was my great, great, great grandpa, uh, or one of those greats, and he had three wives. And I'm proud of that, or I was as a Mormon, right, very proud right. of that polygamous history. And, and you know, I'm not saying anybody should be ashamed of it, but no. there's the, some of the stuff like this in their history But I don't think we isn't. realize what they would go through. They, But all these marriages, that's not right. How could all that be right? Were they married to two or three men at the same time? Oh, I know, and I didn't didn't never know that either. Or 34 women at the same time? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like you said, uh, they they base this whole thing on the Bible, and yet the Bible says, for example, not to marry 
mothers and daughters and mm -hmm. so on. You know, when so. you, and we, we did Leviticus 18 one time when we were right. still doing TV 20, and so many things in Leviticus 18, Joseph Smith disobeyed. God's prohibition, many of them. One yeah. of them is polygamy. Another one is marrying a mother and a daughter. And one of them is marrying, not to marry sisters yeah. um, as rival wives. And Joseph Smith did all those things. And each one of those is claimed, God says, is wickedness yeah. and, and should not be done. And that he would spit them out of the land if they did it. And yet Joseph Smith did all those things. Yeah. And based there, like you say, Abraham and Jacob and all, all those that had other wives, but never commanded of God. Yeah, never exactly. by God. And, and like I said, true Mormon history, true Mormon history, really, uh, when you get into this kind of stuff, is not something to be proud of. Jesus said of false prophets, by their fruits you shall know them. How true that's proven to be with the painful heritage yeah. that Joseph Smith has passed down. And I into. guess they just felt locked into the to their life. They had come out west. Those that did practice polygamy, they really didn't have anywhere else to go, right? They just were kind of locked into the... Where it, it's just like the polygamous wives of today. They have large families. Um, they don't have a means of supporting themselves if they did leave their polygamous husbands. What would they do? To, yeah. And on top of that, they, in those times, just like today, have been taught... Polygamy is commanded by God. You have to live polygamy yeah. in order to go to heaven, and God will be angry with you if you don't. Now, the young girls coming up, they're indoctrinated certainly on a weekly, daily basis into this, but they must see the, the trauma and the jealousy and the other problems of, of having sister wives and some of the things that go on. Do they... They just become so indoctrinated eventually there. A lot of fear, a lot of guilt, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, God will get you, this kind of, you know, this hateful God you'll, that you'll they come hell, up like with. You've said. Uh, this, they, you become a son of perdition, actually, which is you become a devil. Yeah. And, um, and so there's a lot of fear in it. Uh, but um, and then we see Escaping Polygamy, that documentary, yeah. you know, a few weeks ago, where the young ones get out because they don't want to go through what they've seen their mothers go through. And do the mothers sometimes also think, I don't want my daughter to go through this, what I've... What I don't I've see that through. as often as we'd like to, but yeah. there are you some. You would think that would happen, You would, you? yeah, you would. My mother wanted her daughters to become polygamist wives, and she pushed and pushed and pushed us, and yet I know she lived a miserable life, so why Isn't would she want her children to be as miserable as she was? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's maternal, paternal instinct, I think, to protect your children yeah, not, so. not to force them into this kind of yeah. horrible lifestyle. Yeah. But, but that's the story of Joseph Smith and his first mother and daughter pair. <laughs> now, Flora Woodworth, may have, he may have married a mother-daughter pair there, but there's not enough documentation mm. to be certain for that. So um, we will catch you next time, Earl. Yes. Thanks again for yes, sharing uh, your time pleasure. with us. Uh, was Joseph Smith just a mere man who made mistakes? After all, no one is perfect, and God uses people that aren't perfect, and the prophets in the Bible certainly weren't perfect either. Well, Joseph Smith did not merely make mistakes. A mistake is adding three and three and getting five. A mistake is making a right turn instead of a left turn. Joseph Smith's behavior and lying about it and making 
Dozens of false prophecies wasn't merely making mistakes. Joseph Smith broke the law and then denied his behavior and encouraged others to follow in his footsteps. That's not making mistakes. And besides that, following a man who made mistakes doesn't make sense when we can follow Jesus Christ who never made a mistake. He was perfect. And Jesus taught monogamy, not polygamy. See you next time on Polygamy. What love is this? This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.